Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and a warm welcome to all of you. Thank you so much for coming tonight. My name is Sulaiman Falarin, one of the coordinators for this year's Pan-African Conference, and it's an honor to actually open this conference. Now, this is the fourth edition of the Principia College Pan-African Conference, and our topic this year is understanding the brain drain in the African diaspora. Tonight, our keynote speaker, a computer scientist and mathematician, Mr. Philip Emeka Megwali, from Nigeria will broaden our horizon on the topic of brain drain. I do hope you enjoy every bit of this conference, and Ms. Oyenye Ibe would gracefully introduce our speaker to you. Thank you very much. Good evening. In preparation for our Ford Pan-African Conference, we began our search for a distinguished speaker to expound on the topic of understanding the brain drain in the African diaspora. The only name that stood out as our ideal speaker was Dr. Philip Emeka Emagwali because of his concern and commitment to the development of the African continent in the 21st century. Indeed, we are grateful for his presence at Principia this evening. Emagali won the 1989 Gordian Bell Prize, which has been called Supercomputing Nobel Prize, for inventing a formula that allows computers to perform their fastest computations, a discovery that inspired the reinvention of supercomputers. He was extolled by the U.S. President Bill Clinton as one of the great minds of the information age. Described by CNN as the father of the Internet, he's the most searched for scientists on the internet. This year's Pan-African Conference topic is understanding the brain drain in the African diaspora. Dr. Emagwali has traveled around the world giving lectures about the issue of brain drain and in topics related to science and technology. His scientific work has been used to educate, motivate, and inspire the future generations of scientists of African descent. Dr. Emagwali is both a father and a husband who has dedicated his life to shaping technology in our modern times. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming once again Dr. Philip Magwali, Principia's fourth Pan-African Conference keynote speaker. Thank you again for the very pleasant introduction, as well as for inviting me to come to Principia and share my thoughts on turning brain, gain, brain drain into brain gain. For 10 million African-born immigrants, the word home is synonymous with the United States. Britain or other country outside Africa. Personally, I have lived continuously in the United States for the past 30 years. And my last visit to Africa was 17 years ago. On the day I left Nigeria, I felt sad because I was leaving my family behind. I believed I would return eight years later and probably marry 
an Igbo girl and then spend the rest of my life in Nigeria. But 25 years ago, I fell in love with an American girl, married her three years later, and became eligible to sponsor eligible to sponsor a green card visa for my 35 closest relatives, including my parents, all my siblings, nieces, and nephews. The story of how I brought 35 people to the United States exemplifies how 10 million skilled people have emigrated out of Africa during the past 30 years. We came to the United States on student visas and then changed our status to become permanent residents and then naturalized citizens. Our new citizenship status helped us sponsor relatives and also inspired our friends to immigrate here. 10 million Africans now constitute an invincible nation that resides outside Africa. Although invisible, it is a nation as populous as Angola, Malawi, Zambia, or Zimbabwe. And if it were to be a nation with distinct borders, it will have an income roughly equivalent to Africa's gross domestic product. So although the African Union does not recognize the African diaspora as a nation, the International Monetary Fund, or IMF, acknowledges its economic importance. The IMF estimates that the African diaspora now constitutes the biggest group of foreign investors in Africa. Take, for example, Western Union. It estimates that it is not atypical for an immigrant to wire $300 per month to relatives in Africa. And if you assume that most Africans living outside Africa send money each month, and if you do the math, you would agree with the IMF that the African diaspora is indeed the largest foreign investor in Africa. But what few realize is that Africans who immigrate to the United States contribute 40 times more wealth to the American than to the African economy. According to the United, to the United Nations, an African professional working in the United States contributes about $150,000 per year to the U.S. economy. Again, if you do the math, you will realize that this book that I have up here, The History of the Internet, written in 1999,
has the following at page 138 to say of our guest speaker tonight, and I read. In la I need my glasses. <laughs> In 1989, mathematician Philip Amagwali shocked the supercomputer industry by performing the world's fastest computation, 3.1 billion calculations per second using the power of the internet. The result, as computer scientist Marshall Lakes put it, were, and quote, phenomena, blah, 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 three times faster than a supercomputer. It continues. During the late 1980s, the U.S. government listed petroleum reservoir simulation among the 20 grand challenges to scientists in America. Back then, supercomputer simulations were locating oil reserves with only 10% accuracy. Harnessing the power of parallel computing, Amagwali was able to effectively simulate petroleum reserves and change oil exploration history. In 1989, breaking his breakthrough in 1989 won him the prestigious Gordon Bell Prize, known as the Nobel Prize of Computing. Interestingly, ladies and gentlemen, in the beginning, our guest speaker was given clearance for the use of a conventional supercomputer by telephone. But when he turned up in person and presumably didn't look like the person who was envisaged by the gatekeeper, was denied access on the basis that supercomputers were for serious researchers. He was therefore, in a manner of speaking, forced to become a genius. And this he did with distinction by pioneering a new discipline in computation intensive calculations called massively parallel computing. In the process of this pioneering work, he harnessed the power of 65,000 computer processors in parallel and created a su supercomputer, his now famous connection machine that created the world computing record of 3.1 billion calculations per second that we just spoke about not too long ago. This speed has literally forced the international computer industry to discover him and in turn, make him into the sought-after international consultant that he now is. Interestingly, as a result of this work, he has forced a Mr. Craig, who those of you in the computer industry would know of, he has forced Mr. Craig 
to literally eat his words because two months before his breakthrough, Mr. Cray had pronounced very authoritatively in New York that there was no future whatever in the kind of work that your guest speaker was doing. Tonight, you are witness to the fact that it is Mr. Cray who was wrong and must now follow in the tracks laid down by our guest speaker tonight. For doing what the expert said could not be done, the number crunching community has since been calling him by many names and have given him many awards and recognitions with perhaps the leading one to date being the one that Keith mentioned, that is to say, the Gordon Bell Award, which he won in recognition of his oil simulation technology. This technology is causing oil wells all over the world to more than double and sometimes triple the amount of crude oil that is recovered from each reservoir. Can you see, ladies and gentlemen, the relevance of this breakthrough to both his country of birth, Nigeria, and his country of, what's the, the word is, domicile? I got it right? The USA? Not to mention his country of residence for the past two weeks, poor us here in Jamaica. Each time I have heard Dr. Emerwali speak on the few occasions since he has been here, and I don't know whether protocol allows this, but I have to make the point that I see so much resemblance and similarity to the, our guest speaker of three years ago, Dr. Ben Carson. And the thing that came out very forcibly to me was the extent to which we are all of these great men. And I wouldn't know anything about that, so I have to listen to what they tell me. All these great men had to struggle. They came up through difficult times. They had to have the determination and the drive to succeed. There was always the parents in the background. And I want to say to you that in the case of Dr. Philip Emewale and his dear wife, who in her own right is a professor at the university, I see so much similarities. And I only say that we in turn have to make sure that we continue to do all the things that will make us great. <laughs>